You are listening to Messy in the Middle, the show here to help you navigate the messy blend that is life and business today. I'm your host, Haley Johnson, and my guests and I are here to dish out all the hot takes, big wins, and seriously messy moments that come with being an entrepreneur. So grab another cup of coffee, you know you want to, and let's get into it. You're listening to Messy in the Middle. I'm Haley, and today we are going to be talking about the marketing mix, the four P's of marketing. Let's dive into it. So if you've ever taken a business or marketing class, you've probably heard of the marketing mix or the four P's. And if you've since finished that business class or marketing class, you've probably never really thought of them again. You've probably moved on from that class or that school and gotten a role at an organization that focused on just one of the four P's or just one of the many elements that are within each of the four P's. And your vision of marketing can become really granular because you just don't have to think about the rest of it. But when running a business and building a marketing strategy or working with a marketing strategist to build a strategy, it's really important to think about all four of the P's and not just the ones you remember or the ones that are fun to talk about. So one of the biggest places where I get resistance when working with new clients is when I start asking them questions about their product or about their pricing and kind of criticizing or asking them to think critically about certain features or elements of that product or pricing. That's because those aren't necessarily thought of as marketing related questions. They're about the product, the products, the business. Marketing is like this pretty thing on the side that we get to think about. But today we're going to break down why those really are important factors to consider when building a marketing strategy and why if I'm going to do your company justice as a marketer, I need to have some of that context and background in order to do my job. So the four P's are product, price, place, and promotion. Simply put, product is what you sell, price is what it costs, place is how and where you sell it, and promotion is how you market it to be sold. Marketing doesn't start or stop at promotion, but that's often what we think. But if marketing doesn't start with promotion, where does it start? Marketing is going to start with product. You can't really build a marketing strategy for something that doesn't exist, or at least something that doesn't have the potential to exist. So when we're building a marketing strategy, product is going to be the first step. And for the sake of brevity here, I know that Anyone who's listening could be a service provider, a product seller, a experience provider, I don't know. But for the sake of brevity here, just know that when I say product, I'm talking about the deliverable you are providing to the client or customer. So this can be a physical product, a digital product, a service, an experience, a combination of all of the above. The product is the thing, whatever form that thing may be in. Now, some of the elements we think about when it comes to product are going to feel like traditional marketing. Things like, what does the package look like? How is the product branded? What is the name of the product, etc. But before we can actually get to any of that, we have to identify what the product is, who the product is for, and what the product does. 
both literally and in a big picture sense. What can this product help your target market accomplish or achieve? Because at the end of the day, no matter how pretty the package or successful the sales strategy, if you don't have a quality product that provides something for the client or customer that they want or need, it's going to be really difficult to grow or scale a sustainable business. This is one of the first things you need to focus on when building a marketing and sales strategy because everything else you do in each of the four P's is going to build off of the features and benefits of this product. So you want to make sure that it is a solid idea that people you can actually identify want or need and that you are able to or are able to figure out how to effectively deliver. Following the features, benefits, and structure of the product, you can dive into some of those more fun elements like branding, packaging, and positioning. But while you work on the positioning of your product, we need to factor in the second P, which is price. Pricing a product can be a complicated and tangled web of formulas and profit margins and psychology to find a number that sounds good while still covering your expenses and making sure you can pay yourself at the end of the day. So even though a lot of this comes down to operations, price still plays a big part in the marketing mix of an effective marketing strategy. The first element of price that we want to consider when we're bringing a new product to market or even building a new strategy to market an existing product is going to be the cost to deliver the product. So what materials, what labor, overhead, and anticipated marketing or promotions will you need to take into consideration when pricing this product? What's the bare minimum that you can charge to cover all of these expenses? What is your desired profit margin? And how many items will you need to sell to break even? Answering all of these questions will help you get an idea of this scale of this new business venture or this new arm of your company based on this product and help you understand better what the potentials are, what the risks are, and what the benefits are of everything else we're deciding in this marketing strategy. So once we have our baseline price, we can move on to the fun stuff, which is finding our market price. So we can explore our competition and see what they are charging for a similar product or service. And this can help us understand where our baseline price fits in the market and then how much room we have to play around with to decide what we actually want to charge. And before you say that you don't have competition, because that is something that I hear a lot when I ask people to share their competition with me, is they don't have competition. There's nothing like this out there but I'm begging you to just humor me, do some research. And even if you don't have any direct competition, you can still look at alternative solutions that someone might seek out to solve the problem that you are trying to solve. Let's say your product solves a problem that in the past has been solved by kind of piecemealing together a bunch of different solutions from other organizations. You can bundle that cost together and compare it to your cost and then also think about the positioning of being a one-stop shop for that solution as opposed to having to deal with three different billing departments three different subscription payments three different logins three different whatever so taking a big critical look at the competitive landscape is going to be way more beneficial to you in the long run when it comes to pricing and positioning your product 
than simply believing that your product is too unique to even have someone to think about competing with it. This brings us to your value proposition, which for lack of a better explanation is how you're going to justify your price to your consumer. Whether this looks like your product as the all-in-one solution for a problem that is usually solved by piecemeal, or if you are a budget solution to a fancier alternative that has more bells and whistles, but you've noticed that clients don't typically need all of that, your value proposition will explain why you are priced the way that you are without explicitly talking about price and speak to your target market to convey that logic to them based on what you provide, how it compares to other options, and how it serves them in comparison to the alternatives that are out there. If this sounds confusing, it's because sometimes it is, but if you just like work at it a little bit, your value proposition kind of comes together over the course of figuring out the rest of the four Ps. A lot of this is something that you start out with product, then move on to price, then circle back to product, and then back to price again, and then move to place. So if something feels like it makes 75% sense and you don't know what you need to do, you can kind of keep moving forward and then circle back to it later once you've figured out, you know, maybe another piece of the puzzle. So speaking of moving forward, the third P is place. Now, place can feel sometimes like you're just deciding where you're going to sell the thing. So TikTok ads versus Facebook ads, you know, am I blogging on Medium or promoting my blog on Pinterest? But this is really the bigger picture where we ask questions about the fundamental nature of where this product should be sold, not where it should be promoted, but where it should be sold. So is this better sold online or in person? Are there geographic areas where this product makes sense and geographic areas where it doesn't make sense? This is especially important, you know, as we start legalizing marijuana in more places, like you can't advertise it using paid ads in a lot of places. So it doesn't really make sense to have like this online ad strategy as part of your marketing plan if you are in a state where you like can't even talk about that without getting in trouble. That's a very <laughs> specific and extreme example. But the idea is we need to be thinking critically about where it makes sense to be selling our product, whether that's in person, whether that's online, whether it's a combination of the two. And we also need to take into consideration if we need people to facilitate these sales. Is this something that you can easily sell online with a sales page and someone will pay for it, no question? Are you going to need a sales team to demo once people submit inquiries? Are you going to need to have someone available to answer questions either via chat or on a sales call? Is this price point something that buyers can agree to quickly or independently? Or is this an investment that will be something that takes longer to commit to? Will your target client need to get other stakeholders involved in order to approve a certain charge? There are a lot of different factors to consider here and you need to take into account not only where you are going to be selling, but who and how many people you are going to need to help you make that sale. Now, the answer to that question can be just you, but keep in mind as you're thinking through the future of your organization and the future of your sales process, if you're the one doing all of the selling now, 
what's your plan going to be for that in the future when slash if you inevitably don't want to be doing all of the sales anymore because the biggest thing that I see clients do is they want to get out of sales so they just decide to stop doing the sales and then shockingly enough no one will buy because no one is selling to them if you build a sales system that works You can't just stop doing it because you don't want to do it anymore and expect the sales to move somewhere else because you built your sales strategy for a reason. Now, our fourth and final P is going to be promotion, which is likely what you're used to thinking about when you think about marketing. Promotion is all of the ways that you can reach your target audience to promote the sale of your product. But the other three P's will help you determine which promotion strategies are going to be the most impactful for your business. We can divide promotion into three main categories, media, methods, and manpower. And for being honest, like I don't love manpower as a category name, but I like the alliteration of media, methods, and manpower. So if you think of something better, (laughs) let me know. We're just going to roll with it for now. Now, media is an umbrella category for the different kinds of promotion we can execute for our product. There is owned media, which can be found on your company's owned channels, such as a website, a brick and mortar location, physical marketing collateral like business cards, flyers, etc. And even social media, which arguably you don't own, but fits better here than it does in any other category because you're still creating the content, you're still putting it out there, and then the people who see it are deciding what, if anything, they do with that media that they're taking in. After owned media, we have earned media, which are going to be your public relations features in other publications, any type of visibility or publicity event, such as a summit or guest appearances on someone's podcast, anything that's getting you out there in front of a new audience or someone else's audience that doesn't cost you money is going to be earned media because essentially your credibility, your status, your expertise in your area or your product or services quality or notoriety is what is earning you that space in someone else's audience. And then finally, we have paid media, and this is going to be your traditional advertising, whether that is paying for social media advertising, using billboards, radio, TV, sponsoring a local sports team. You can get really creative with smaller ways to advertise especially on like a hyper-local level. But at the end of the day, paid media is media that you are paying to distribute, money you are paying to get other people's eyes on your content. Earned media is media that someone is distributing for you for free, typically because you've earned it somehow. (laughs) Sometimes you can earn it just by asking. Other times you earn it by being a valuable resource. And owned media is media that you create and distribute on your own, and you have more control over that entire experience. Every organization is going to have a different optimal media mix depending on the other elements of their marketing strategy. So a media strategy designed without taking all of the other elements of the marketing mix into consideration can be effective. But the more information we have about those other elements, 
can help us build a better strategy that is more well-informed and has a lower risk of not working, especially when it comes to paid media budgets, because I would hate as your marketing strategist to make a paid media recommendation that if I were to have access or you were to have access to more information from one of the other P's to know that a paid media strategy just wouldn't be profitable, I would feel really bad suggesting that strategy and then having it not work out because we could have done something better with those resources. After media, we have methods, and these are going to be the sales, promotions, discounts, deals, anything like flashy and fun used to promote your product. So depending on your industry or product, you could be constantly rotating different promotions. This is something that's really popular in retail or like the furniture industry, which technically is retail, but I used to work with a couple furniture clients actually, and it was just this like constant rotation of President's Day sale, post-President's Day sale, pre-Memorial Day sale, Memorial Day sale, post-Memorial Day sale. It was just like this constant stream of something is always on sale. And that is a valid strategy for promotion for certain industries. Other industries, it may be more common to offer deals, but only on rare occasions. Or some industries will never use discounts as an incentive, whether that's, you know, a regulatory thing or just the positioning of the industry or the organization within the industry. Price and place are going to play a big part in this area of your promotional strategy because constantly offering sales and deals does send a message to your consumer. So you want to ensure that this message is in line with the rest of your positioning as an organization and especially the rest of your positioning as an organization within the grand scheme of your industry. So like I said, there was, you know, the furniture company that was constantly offering promotions they could, if they wanted to position themselves as a premium option within the furniture space, never offer promotions and have it be like this luxe high ticket thing. That's an option, but it needs to be an option that they're making strategically based on something, not just guessing or like not wanting to offer discounts for the sake of not wanting to offer discounts. And then the very last element of the fourth P is manpower. So we touched on the idea of having a salesperson or sales team when we covered place, but people can play a different role in the promotions process if this is the strategy you choose to implement. In price, the role of the salesperson is to close or convert after an inquiry is submitted. The salesperson is there to answer questions, ease concerns, and generally like schmooze the potential buyer until they're ready to make a decision. On the promotion side of things, a sales team plays a more aggressive role in the direct pursuit of leads and sales through direct mail, telemarketing, etc. In the online space, if you're spending a lot of time in like the online coaching space, this has definitely seen a bit of a rebrand as social selling. And it definitely works for some people, but at the end of the day, it's still direct messaging that hasn't been asked for. And in my opinion, an unsolicited DM is an unsolicited DM, no matter what you're calling the role of the person 
who's sending it. Hot take aside, that's it. Those are the four P's, product, price, place, promotion. All are incredibly important aspects of your business to look at through a marketing lens before moving forward with a marketing plan or content strategy and are all areas that we take into consideration when working with you to create your marketing roadmap. So if you are ready to embark on your next marketing adventure, send me a DM on Instagram or LinkedIn or my website. It's everywhere. I'm very contactable. And we can chat all about the marketing roadmap to decide if it is a good fit for you. So until next time, this has been Messy in the Middle. Thanks so much for sticking around. Hey there, thanks for listening all the way to the end, or more likely, thanks for leaving your phone just far enough away that you can't get to it in time to skip past this part. If you like what you heard, don't forget to rate and leave a review. And shout out to my guests for joining me, my dog for not barking, my editor Chrissy for doing her thing, and my friend Devin for letting me use his music. You can check out all of the links for the podcast, anything mentioned in today's episode, and the amazing people who helped me put on the show in the show notes. Bye.